Welcome back to today's episode. This week, I'm going to be launching a new episode each and every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you rate, uh, leave a review. That would mean so much to me. Today is a replay of a LinkedIn live session I did with Kafri J. Kafri is the executive director for Hip Hop for Change. And Kafri did a, a great job with me, kind of pre-call. We were talking about how does environmental and social justice, how do those things connect? How can we all work together to help communities across our world here in the US and abroad to take down harmful and destructive uh, structures that are hurting people all across our world. So you can go support them at hiphopforchange.org. You can buy a t-shirt. I got mine in, uh, End White Supremacy. You can go buy a t-shirt. You can support. Uh, you can go become a monthly donor. I signed up to be a monthly donor as well. Um, but man, let's let's help this organization out. Coffrey is doing incredible things. He is so passionate. He is so involved. And it's people like that that we want to be able to help. So uh, this is an interview. It's not. It's not specifically about packaging, but it is about. It's. It's about the impacts of packaging, the impacts that we are uh, causing in this world. And so I hope you jump in and join. And please go support Hip Hop for Change at hiphopforchange.org. Here's a replay of the interview I did with Kafri. All right, so we are live here on LinkedIn. Coffrey, you, you told me you've never have you done you've never done a LinkedIn live, is that right? No, no, surprisingly no. Uh, but man, you've been blowing up on LinkedIn. I know, I got to step my game up, huh? <laughs> I think you you know, I was thinking about it. I mean, I have a pretty decent following here on LinkedIn, and I don't it's not very often that I get to interact with somebody who has more followers than I do. I was like, Ooh. "Oh, this is this is fun. It's exciting." So uh, you know, we're, we're going to give this, a we're going to give this a go. You and I connected up here on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. and as we were chatting, uh, before the call, like, uh, you know, I'm not only just like a huge hip hop fan, but also passionate about sustainability issues. And, and that's what, that's what had, I think there was a post about black thought getting involved with the, your movement. And I was like, dude, he's like my favorite <laughs> MC of all time. So it just was, I, I wanted to connect up with you, kind of share across my platform, hopefully, you know, cross pollinate so people can come in, join the hip hop for change movement. Um, and so, Coffrey uh, J, man, thank you for coming on this uh, live show with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, thank you for your platform, man. I, you know, we, we, we fight a lot of fights as, as black people, as minorities. One of the biggest fights is for social capital, you know, just to get our voice out there. So I'm grateful that you extended, you know, your audience. And uh, yeah, thanks for, you know, getting me on LinkedIn Live for the first time. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, we're here uh, and, you know, this will uh, this will also air, uh, you know, on my podcast and stuff like that. So it'll it'll live for a little bit. It's not just going to be a live show and then die off. Cool. Uh, so for for me, you know, the the idea of hip hop for change really resonated as someone who's been just blessed to be able to travel around the world and, uh, you know, be in in prisons in India and the pygmy tribes in in Rwanda and Africa, and seeing how hip hop has just pervaded all cult is it is a common language now across mm -hmm. all cultures. And and like anything that's really big, it can be used for positive or negative change. Um, so how did you not only just come up with the name, but like 
where where are you impacting change and where are you focused on change right now really man my eyes are on the on the world you know what i'm saying uh i'm i'm a dreamer i'm really trying to change change you know the ability for people to vibe and, and live and survive off of our culture and, and to take our culture back for a force of good you know so when i think mm -hmm. about my mission my mission is global my mission is hip-hop and as far and wide as hip-hop is travel man uh, a lot of people confuse hip-hop for music and every culture has a musical element but hip-hop is the way i talk it's the way i walk it's the way i dress uh paint dance i can't take it off you know what i'm saying um and i remember growing up not understanding that hip-hop was a culture that was that big you know and that was that valuable and it was that positive um you know i i, I actually came up right when gangster rap was getting real big you know what i'm saying so I had to learn exactly, you know, how deep and how far back hip hop goes and that it's an unbroken chain of, of black expressive excellence. And, you know, there's not much in society that tells young black kids that they're beautiful. Um, mm. And also black kids have 50% less access to art classes as white kids in America. Um, and it's so important to be able to express yourself. I mean, I think the, the search for finding our power is introspection. It happens through that. And there's this little nugget of self-affirmation in hip hop culture that is ingrained so deep and it's unlike any other culture. That's why all these kids fall in love with it because nothing in the hood tells you you're somebody. But if I rap and make a little beat on the wall for free, you know, I can know I'm somebody. I can learn stuff about me that I didn't really know before. And that's mm -hmm. why hip hop is taking everybody and it will behoove us to take it back from corporate control because corporate, right. you know, corporate media has never, has never shown blackness in, in its, its true light. Um, not only that, but, you know, I think it's the people that, that are of the culture that should control it and should, should financially benefit from it. So that's what we're working on. Man, no doubt. I, uh, I, I've, I've, I've said this before that the, the power to create is the most divine godly thing about humanity. Um, it's actually in, in, the, you know, in, in the first five books of the Bible, it's the first attribute given to God, right? Like the, the ability to create, to be creative and, and and to be able to express uh, through through creation is is an, an incredible thing so um man that that really resonates with me when when we were talking i guess it was last week when we first connected yeah. up um you had you had said something to me about the area you grew up in um in northern california is it in the oakland area no, I grew up in San Francisco. Uh, I'm okay. a San Francisco native. Uh, I'm from Hunters Point. It's a spot that is not on the tourist map, uh, even though it should be. Uh, it's the last black bastion in San Francisco, right next to the Navy Hunters Point shipyard, which used to be like, I think it was the second most toxic Superfund site in the nation in the 90s. Uh, it's where they, you know, took the radiated ships that they did all the bikini atoll tests. They took them to our shipyard and just rinsed them off. Uh, and so, the dirt over there has been radioactive for for decades and just sitting over there in the particulate matter just you know the wind takes it right over the hill and it's killing us it is and you know i i i do a lot of environmental work and every once in a while i have like this these questions like why do you care so much you know what i'm saying and i think people they see environmentalism as something about polar bears you know what i'm saying it's something mm. about you know orangutans and i work for greenpeace you know what i'm saying I, I you know i've been in the environmental movement i care about these animals i care about the world 
Uh, I care about life, you know what I'm saying? But when I see environmental pollution, it doesn't look like it looks on, on these big nonprofit websites. It looks like the sewage treatment plant in San Francisco being on the east side of the city when they pump it all the way out to the west because that's where the black neighborhood is. It's the mm -hmm. Navy Hunters Point shipyard. When I think about environmentalism, I think about the, the lead in the paint and fruit veil that's running you know, into the water system and kids are eating it and all this stuff. I think of the Chevron refinery and all the black people that live around it. I feel like if we wanna win the war on uh, these environmental polluters, we have to put the human faces up there, you know? Uh, it's easy to see orangutans as a world away. It's a lot, it's a lot harder to deny the, the, the evilness of polluting our world when you see that it's literally killing black people in your, in your city, you know what I'm saying? Like liberal San Francisco, right? Uh, and right down in the Southeast side, all these black people are being irradiated. Why aren't we telling that story? Well, I'm gonna tell that story. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm going to use my my power to, to rock that. And the fun part is, is we do it through hip hop. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and the the connection, you know, and to to packaging was there was a story and and I wish I I I need to pull it up, but there was a story recently that I read that talked about a a paper mill and you know, the pulp and what was going on in that in that community that was disproportionately African-American. I want to say it was on the East Coast, maybe around North Carolina and mm -hmm. how it was getting into the, you know, into the food, into the water system. Cancer rates were increasing. Um, you know, these are these are things that we can fix. These are things that we can control. But it, it seems to be the stuff that nobody really wants to dig into uh, when when we're talking about sustainability. Right. Like we at least in my in my arena the things that get talked about with brands is like well recycling and end of life and all this stuff and it's like well why aren't we talking about the 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 inhumane treatment of people and the pesticides that are being used in the crops and the fertilizer to you know to, yeah. to create that biopolymer like what's that doing to that community how is that impacting birth rates what is that yeah. doing to education like all this stuff you you illuminated and opened up my eyes to that when you were when you were talking to me about it. I was like, I'm 41 years old. I spend my life doing this stuff, and I had never even thought about that. So, um, so I appreciate you, you know, kind of open up my eyes to that. But talk, do you, can can you get into a little bit more on that in terms of? Yeah, just I mean, I mean, man, I'll tell you, like the answer, and I'm gonna be 100 percent candid and unapologetic. And, please do. You know, I, it's the answer to all these ailments is white supremacy. I mean, look at my shirt right here, homie. This is our uniform. And you can get it online at hiphopforchange.org and it'll go to support education in the Bay uh, and nationwide now. But um, real talk, man, I, I feel like the people leading the environmental movement uh, are responsible for its course, its strategies, its tactics, mm. and the lexicon around it, right? Um, I feel like that is the source of your issue. Look at environmentalism. It's it's very, very white, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not only that, if we look at the nonprofit industrial complex, a lot of this stuff is sustaining poverty rather than alleviating it. Amen. Um, and, you know, I, I don't have any fact, like any empirical data on this, but I know that, you know, it seems to me uh, that white words are always shirking directness. Uh, it's always like passive. It might not always speak to what's really going on, Due to ignorance, I don't know. Maybe due to just not caring, I don't know. But I, I like to think that people want to be good. You know what I'm saying? And then I know how ignorant I was of my male toxicness and my patriarchy before I learned about that. It was a hard mm. process, you know. 
And I, you know, I know a lot of white folks are nowadays going through that process. I know as a, as a, as a sector, nonprofit sector is, well, has been dealing with its diversity for decades, right? You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. And so the people that are leading those, those, those movements, they have blind spots, you know? Mm. And, and that's why it might, you know, that's why, you know, in the black community, we always, we always joke about the fact that, you know, people give money to dogs and cats and, and ASPCA and whatnot, and they don't care about Negroes, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I, you know, I don't think that a lot of people in the environmental sector like just overtly hate black and brown people. I don't think that's an issue. I think that we have a big disconnect. 70% of white people don't even have a person of color for a friend. So how do they hear our cries? Right. You know what I'm saying? The media isn't telling them what we're dealing with. And that's why it's so essential for organizations like Hip Hop for Change to have an environmental justice summit that we tag uh, adding color to the green movement. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We're building these equitable spaces where black and brown people feel safe and comfortable. And yeah, all the other environmental folks can come too. And yeah, that's why we book Black Thought to head out our environmental justice summit. And we get it, you know, afforded, you get it paid for by organizations that are cool, like Surfrider Foundation, Sierra Club, and they put up all their money and we have a free all ages event. And yeah, all the environmental folks that are used to that, you know, all these these white folks or whatever you want to say, they everybody's welcome. It's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It's a culture of unity. So yeah, I see 70-year-old, you know, hipster greenpeace cats fist pumping, you know, to Talib Kweli in the front row of our show. That's everything to me. You know, but the most important thing that we need to know, we got so much environmentalism happening in the Bay Area, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And I work for Greenpeace. Their office was a half a mile from the Navy shipyard. You know, they they weren't doing anything about it. Now, Greenpeace, they do what they do. They 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 kick butt, you know, in the way they kick butt. But it was it really didn't make sense to me that they weren't speaking to that. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's what we're here for. We're here to 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 really humanize the environmental movement. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think we can win it unless we value black and brown lives. I just don't think we can. Uh, I think it's really easy for, you know, the environmental movement to really, uh, you know, shirk the severity of this by not elevating the black and brown people who are dying in our liberal streets and our conservative streets and just in you know the richest country in the world it's crazy so yeah a, a, a lot of people I, I even had the executive director of a really big environmental organization say on one of my panel discussions i won't bust her out but she was like how do we get black people to care about polar bears and, and she said that in front of a sea of black people in oakland right and we were like oh Right. And uh, Davey D from Hard Knock Radio, he walked he walked her down. We, you know, we didn't eviscerate her. We're loving people, you know, but I think yeah. that's the disconnect with the environmental movement. They're fighting a fight that that you, they can't be half as strong for unless they partner with black and brown people who are facing the brunt of these issues and, and have the best, most powerful story to tell and the most human reason to stop killing people. You know what I'm saying? I think we just need to center that. And, and really, we just need to let black and brown people who are experiencing this stuff, indigenous people, lead the way on this environmental fight. It's time for y'all to listen, <laughs> straight up. It's time yeah. for y'all to listen. No doubt, no doubt. Um, well, so how, you, you're talking about these summits, you know, you're talking about using hip hop uh, as, as, a, as a force for positive change and environmental issues. So uh, how, what do these summits look like or how are you using hip hop as a as a medium to drive awareness or to bring about you know different thoughts or to engage people yeah. in the conversation i mean we don't just do the environmental justice summit every year uh we also do women's empowerment summits we've been leading the way on afro-asian solidarity summits ever since 
you know, the media has been showing black and brown kids, you know, attacking elderly Asian people. We need to show that, you know, hip hop is almost half Asian folks and we're coming together and building this solidarity. We use hip hop as a vehicle for information because that's all hip hop is. Mm -hmm. uh, not just in our education K through 12, where we've taught 27,000 kids that have gone through our program how to positive, positively and healthily express themselves. But hip hop is just a vehicle. So when Parks California and East Bay Regional come to us and they're like, we need to get more brown kids in here. We made a summer camp. Uh, we made a paid internship and got these kids connected to naturalists and ecologists learning about, you know, the land in the Bay Area, the original inhabitants, some of the environmental dangers and pollution they're facing. And now kids are making, you know, beats out of sounds from the forest and rapping about Mother Nature and doing graffiti murals in Candlestick Regional Park out of sandpipers and squirrels and stuff like that. Like this stuff, just it makes so much sense to me, you know, and it is inspirational to me. You know, it's never, it's, I never get used to it. But when I see all these other people who have never experienced hip hop culture and they're full of all these stereotypes, uh, because three corporations own 90% of the means of producing hip hop and they don't care about us. You know, when they see hip hop in its true form, they are so inspired, you know mm. what I'm saying? And that inspires me to know that if I could just get enough people to know about what we're doing here and the power of hip hop, everybody's gonna rock with us. Once you see a room full of second graders trying to rap battle or break dance, it's over. It's just, it's just over. No doubt, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, um, and so how do people get involved either financially or volunteering or both or yeah. you know, buying t-shirts i mean there's all sorts of ways you got to get involved right yeah i mean i'll say this you know there's only two things that a nonprofit needs it's one is you know capital and the other is social capital you know um and a lot of people donated to black movements last year in the last you know few years one thing is a lot of people donated to justice and justice reform, you know, and far be it from me as a black man to bank on the justice system changing anytime soon, you know. Uh, but I, I want to let people know that black arts is one of the least funded sectors for just black philanthropy. Um, and black led orgs have about 56% less capital on hand. I can't imagine if I have 44% much mo more money, what I'd be able to do, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Um, the only thing that black people can really bank on is our healing right now, you know, mental health and, and creative mm -hmm. expression. Like I can gamble on that and I'm not a betting man. So I'm just encouraging everybody to donate to the black arts, donate to our healing, our mental health. You know what I'm saying? Like ACLU, I love y'all. Y'all good. Y'all got, y'all got fat pockets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> black Lives Matter is chilling right now, y'all. But there's a lot of our, our, our arts organizations that are going belly up. Uh, it's been a really difficult couple of years for Black arts organizations, especially ones that are event-based, uh, ones that are grassroots-based, like Hip Hop for Changes, where we pay, we paid over a thousand people to go out in, in white supremacy shirts and have 50,000 conversations a year in these affluent, mostly white spaces so people can see us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can build allyship and also get more money, you know, and bring it back to the hood. It's our Robin Hood theory. But yeah, I'm encouraging everybody to donate. Uh, for Hip Hop for Change, we... We started the pandemic with about 70% of our payroll covered by our monthly donors that donate $8 a month or more. Now we're under, we're about 30% of our payroll. So we're still struggling. Um, we're still struggling. We're looking at a, a, our community asking us to double our, our work next year as well. And we're trying to expand into LA. I need all the support I can get. Mm. Uh, I need everybody to know about it. So if you got eight bucks a month, it's like, I always say it's like Netflix, but the babies get to chill. 
uh, become a monthly donor. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe to our newsletter. Make sure you're up on game. But if you hate how the hip hop industry is affecting our community, which I believe is probably over 80% of Americans, right? I don't care if you're hip hop or whatever you are or whatever you believe, but if you don't like how media is affecting our youth and you want more positive representation, we can't just be mad about it. We've got to put our mm -hmm. efforts, our energy into it. Um, and people are already working now. We don't have too many volunteer opportunities, but why don't you volunteer an hour of your work a month? <laughs> to hip -hop right. Change, you know what I'm saying? Like an hour of your payroll a month to us if you want to. Um, but just stay on point. Subscribe to our newsletters. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Come to a show. And yeah, donate. Get one of these in white supremacy shirts because I need a lot more people that don't look like me wearing them. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got you. I ordered one. <laughs> And uh, I saw one of your LinkedIn posts. If uh, um, if anyone has a connection to Oprah, yeah, um, <laughs> make it happen. Listen, yeah. like we laugh, but I mean, yeah. I I know I I know people. I mean, just straight up, like I I know I know people with hundreds of millions of dollars, like in my Man. phone right now. So Man. like it's not crazy, right? So like you know, if 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 you've got connections, you know, give money and you know make some connections so yeah. uh i've 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 already uh put a little beacon out for uh some people i know in the in the nba um yeah, just right. to see if they can get involved and <laughs> wonderful so man i i uh um i'm here so uh i appreciate like I said, you that, coming on like i said that's that social capital that we're fighting for man so thank you for that thank you i really do appreciate it yeah and anyone in the packaging industry listen there's a lot of money in the packaging industry a lot of people on here uh you know it's it's december it's the end of the year uh you gotta you gotta you gotta avoid that tax bill so uh you want to help yeah. make a change uh, you know at a grassroots level where you know you know your dollars are going to use uh go to hiphopforchange.org and uh, and make a donation well coffee man um i hope this is the first of many times we get to talk um mm -hmm. i hope this is just a start a small little start of your movement um, I hope for you that there's a moment in my life when I get to look at you on Time's most influential people list and go, I knew that guy. I did his first LinkedIn live. <laughs> Yo, man, thank you for that. Thank you for that vote of confidence. I hope so, too. And we got a strong movement, man. We really have the ability. We're on the precipice and the cusp of taking our culture back from corporate media under a community control platform. So yeah, if we can do that, we are going to change the entire way our youth see themselves and see their abilities in the, in the world. So holla at me, yeah. holla at us. I'm down to rock with you anytime, Adam. Let me know. I appreciate it. All right, for sure, coming. for sure. I appreciate it, Coffrey. Thank you so much. Yeah, peace, man. Yep. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.